reading this morning the email saying that pre-k students will be returning which is our which are our youngest learners who are predominantly in daycares was just ridiculous to me um, i didn't understand and it, it makes me scared it makes me frightened and other um child care providers are expressing the same feelings um do child care providers matter is what I, i'm asking you know are we a part of the conversation in this situation a very good question child care providers are doing double and triple duty supervising school-aged kids with remote learning for much of each day while doing their regular duties caring for the children of working parents. But providers fear that if and when schools reopen, their risk of COVID exposure will increase as kids shuttle back and forth between daycare and classrooms. They're placed between a rock and a hard place as their dilemma and voices go unnoticed. I'm Judith McCrae with Daycare Double Bind. Welcome to Hope from the front lines. Each week, we peek beyond the headlines, finding stories of struggle, passion, and strength from essential caregivers of color doing the heavy lift, protecting Chicago's most vulnerable during this COVID-19 pandemic. It's December, nine months into the coronavirus pandemic. Chicago public schools have been closed with remote learning as the only option for its 355,000 students and their parents. This fall, CPS considered opening the schools for pre-kindergarten and some special education students for in-person classes. Currently, with COVID-19 rates and hospitalizations skyrocketing, the decision is to wait until January 11th for the youngest and those with special needs to return to the classroom. What child care providers are expressing is that we are in fear of children returning to school with no safe plan to open Children are returning to school and then returning back to daycares, which increases the risk of child care providers, staff, and other children in being exposed to the virus. The intermingling of the two different environments on a daily basis is a tremendous risk for everyone's health. That's Jamila Ife Wilson. She's a licensed family child care provider in Chicago's West Side community of Austin. She's been running her own home-based child care program for 15 years. You've just heard her speaking at a Facebook Live press conference for the Chicago Teachers Union in October. She's a member of the Grassroots Education Movement, an alliance of parents, community, teacher organizations, and unions. According to its website, the coalition is committed to defend and transform public education for racial, gender, economic, and environmental justice. Like so many child care providers, Jamila's been tucked right in the middle of this pandemic providing daycare for children of families working outside of their homes, taking extreme measures, wearing PPE, keeping the facility toys and accessories clean and disinfected, and juggling activities for infants and toddlers with remote learning instructions for the school-aged kids now in her care. Hi, good job. Everyone's sanitizing their hands. And we have our mask on. Awesome. I have three kindergartners who are doing remote learning and one preschooler who's doing remote learning and they need our attention heavily. And then the other three are in grades five, fifth to up. I well, I just recently found out that I may have to go even further with the children because the parents are having a difficult time having them do their homework at home. 
So my policy was we'll assist with remote learning here, but because it's so much time consuming for us, we were allowing the parents to assist the children with homework. But since the, some of the parents are struggling with that, we might have to add that time in while the children are here before they go home. Before COVID hit, Jamila's day started at 4.45 a.m. with the first kids arriving, still asleep as their parents headed off to work. She started her program at 7 a.m. with breakfast, then learning time activities at 8.30 or 9. She and her staff of two had indoor and outdoor exercise activities, language, numbers, and color learning sessions, and mid-morning snacks, all before lunchtime. Afternoons were naps, walks to the park, and arts and crafts activities. This while handling diaper changes, bathroom visits, another snack time, and hand washings. She even has her own pre-kindergarten curriculum. She closed at 5.30 p.m. when the last parent picked up their child. Now, since COVID, my schedule has changed tremendously. I open up now at 10 a.m. for the younger kids and for my remote learners. I open up as early as 7.30 for some, and then the other kids come around 8, 8.30. I want to get them, you know, ready for their programs prior to the younger kids coming. Most of the parents, they are working, but they're working remotely. So they're okay with the new schedule. I thought I was going to get a lot of parents that were disgruntled and upset with me, but they were fine about that. But I'm closed around about 4, 4.30 at the latest. I have a schedule of Monday through Thursday, and we use our Fridays for our extensive sanitation and cleaning time for the daycare. We clean throughout the day every single day, but that's the time we utilize for us to do a major cleaning. Jamila says she's gotten the new schedule down pat now, but it's been a struggle. So it was stressful at the beginning because I didn't have any information. I, and I had required my parents to send me this information before school had started, but I never received anything. So I'm just going off what I hear from the parents. It's like I was working blind. I wasn't communicating with the teachers. I didn't know any kind of um, sign-on methods or any kind of links to get onto. And then some of the children had difficulties with their computers. So we had to get that rectified. Like the kindergarten that goes to learn charter school, he was actually in Atlanta for the first two months. His teacher was saying how he was way behind. He wasn't keeping up. So we're actually trying to get him caught up to where he should be. I spent a week in September helping my sister care for her three young grandchildren and working with a six and five-year-old with remote school. My role getting the five-year-old to sit still long enough to learn the computer technology required to even start remote kindergarten. While his teacher did a superb job providing interesting lessons with enthusiasm and patience, he was frustrated staring at a computer screen and learning when and how he was to respond. After the first two-hour session, struggling to understand the logins and apps and trying to keep him focused, I wanted to lie down on the floor and cry. And I was only there one week. It gets a little frustrating because sometimes, you know, you have, especially the kindergartners, you know, their attention span is not that great as far as just looking into a computer all day. So I have to think of creative ways to make them engage and, you know, put in a little uh, exercise time while they're learning, give them a couple of breaks here and there. But we still want them to stay engaged and, and learn. To handle the one-on-one -on -one needs of the remote learners, Jamila was able to bring on two additional staff thanks to a state-funded child care restoration grant. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker announced in September that over $156 million in business interruption grants was directed to over 4,600 child care providers across the state who were facing pandemic-related challenges, especially in areas 
most impacted by COVID-19. I'm thankful that I have enough staff to commit to each age group. We're putting the one and three-year-olds together. So I have Mm -hmm. a assistant who commits to them. And then I have two assistants that are committing to the school ages, which is all of them from preschool to sixth grade. But some child care providers are handling remote learners with less staff. Tahiti Hamer is an infant and toddler teacher at the North Lawndale YMCA on Chicago's west side. The early childhood area where she works with infants to three-year-olds is down six staff. We actually are short of staff because coming back from the pandemic, a lot of the staff members did not come back. So that makes it hard too when you're not fully staffed. With fewer staff and more challenges, the Head Start teachers try to balance the YMCA curriculum with youngsters enrolled in Chicago Public Schools' remote pre-K program. I do know on the Head Start side, they have a child that is remote learning inside the classroom. And for them, they said it was hard because they have to tend to the other kids, but he's on his remote learning. And the teacher is talking, he's loud because he's trying to hear the teacher. So it disrupts the other kids in the classroom. So they're having a hard time with that. A way that they tried to adjust it so he was able to hear his teacher and they were able to get their learning from their teacher. They had to take him to another room. So that means that teacher is leaving those teachers short for one child that's on remote learning all day. And he's on there all day, literally from like 8 o'clock to 2.30. Tahiti has two school-age kids, a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old who go to home daycare for remote learning while she works with toddlers. She has to arrange with her coworkers to step away when she gets calls from the school or daycare provider, mostly about technology issues. Like earlier today, I got a phone call from the school. Your child is not logged in. The teacher that's in the room, please give me like a few seconds. I just need to step out. Call the daycare. Like they said, Nia's not logged in. She's like, okay, maybe she got kicked out. Let me go check. So throughout the day, every day, Trust me, I'm getting phone calls from the school, like, or she's calling me, or the daycare is calling me, like, your child's supposed to be in this class, the link is not up, can you call the school? So it's a struggle. <laughs> it really is. How'd you not go crazy or break down in tears every day? <laughs> you know what? I just pray about it. I just ask God for the strength to help me get through each and every day. I'm sure it's a struggle for everybody, including the parents, having to be at home with their kids. And not to mention the struggle for kids like Tahiti's youngest. So my six-year-old, she needs to be in school because remote learning is not working for her at all. It's like, she's not focused. She's like, Ma, I don't understand. She's not being able to get that one-on-one care with her teacher if need be in class if she needs the help because the teacher's on the computer with 15 other kids. So it's hard. Like, her grades are not the same as they used to be. I can't be there to monitor her. She's at daycare. The home daycare provider has five other kids that's on remote learning. Hi. Back at Jamila's, she and her staff managed three remote learning curriculums, two from charter schools, one from Chicago public schools, all different time periods, different logins, and different grades. I have two who are CPS, and that's a kindergartner and a preschooler. I have four who are um, Learn Charter School children. One is in kindergarten, 
One is in fourth grade, fifth, sixth. I have another remote learner who goes to Moving Everest. He's a kindergartner. Totaling seven students doing school while again tending to three toddlers ages one, two, and three. But given the lack of options, Jamila prefers this setup. Truth be told, I like it. <laughs> I, I strongly believe that we should stay remote right now because of the increase in the positivity rate. And we should just wait until we have something you know, definite as to us returning back to, quote unquote, a normal life. Jamila takes extra precautions to keep her staff, family, and children under her care safe and protected. Parents drop their kids off at her front porch where temperatures are checked and social contact assessment forms filled out before they can enter. Parents are not allowed inside and pick up their kids at her back door in the afternoon. Everyone wears masks and they do lots of hand washing and cleaning throughout the day, disinfecting in the evening. And I get myself tested and my assistants get tested. Of course, my daughter do as well and my fiance. So we, we get tested on a consistent basis. I hate to always say this, but you can only pray and, and pray that everything goes well. I'm doing the necessary precautions to avoid any kind of virus. And her precautions remind us that this isn't over, that COVID rates are up, the vaccine is still on the horizon, though closer, and that childcare workers like Jamila and Tahiti caught in a double bind to care for the kids of working families are essential and need to be heard. Somebody has to care, like somebody really has to be here for these kids and these families because they still have to go to work just like I have to come to work. We all still need our jobs to make sure we're providing for our families. And it takes a strong person to say, I'm still going to come to work. I'm still going to be here because they need me. I'm Judith McRae with Hope from the Front Lines. Thank you for joining Hope from the Front Lines. Our series is produced by Juneteenth Productions with funding support from the McCormick Foundation. This concludes season one, and we'd like to acknowledge the journalists who made this season possible. Aidan Kent, Erica Carbajal, Ariel Mejia, Courtney Smyers-Jones, Brianna Higgins, Jonathan Aguilar, and Via Medias, who is also our social media strategist and goddess. Logo designed by J. Byron Brazier, Series narration by Eric Martinez. Spanish narration by Bella Michaels. Music from Soundstripe. Series producer is Maurice Besselon. Executive producer is Judith McRae. Special thanks goes to the extraordinary women and men who are members and staff of SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, Missouri, Kansas, for trusting us to share their stories and experiences protecting Chicago's most vulnerable during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you haven't already, please share and post hope from the front lines with your friends, family, and everyone you know. We thank you for your support. <laughs>